0: Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. The Lamborghini Super Trofeo North America on IMSA Radio. On IMSA Radio and long 14 corners and massive elevation change only WeatherTech raceway laguna seca has more elevation change and only by nine feet turn one a decent place to pass but really the best places heavy braking for turn five turn eight And Canada Corner down in the bottoms, then up through turn 13, 14, climb the hill to the start finish, and you've completed a lap here at Road America. Welcome in, everyone, as the Lamborghini Huracan safety car leads the field out of pit lane. I'm Brian Till along with Jeremy Shaw. And Jeremy, what an awesome day for Lamborghini Super Trofeo action at Road America.
1: Yeah, indeed, Brian. It's, uh, I mean, as you say, a classic race track here, a tr- huge field of cars once again this weekend and a super competitive field. Qualifying yesterday, there was an incident early in the session, so uh, drivers only got a couple of laps in, so it's so it somewhat shuffled up is the order from the, uh, compared to the practice times earlier in the day. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a really, really competitive field, and it's
0: going to be a lot of fun. Well, as you said, not very many laps at all, maybe just one or two time laps for the competitors after that red flag. So the field a little bit, j- We've got some faster cars in the back and some cars that we don't normally see up towards the front up there. That means these first few laps here today in this race are going to be exciting. Mandatory pit stop about halfway through. And we always talk about the four different classes in Lamborghini Super Trofeo, Jeremy, and also the driver format. You can run with one driver or two.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think there's uh, nine cars that are running uh, uh, solo here. Most of them have two drivers, but uh, it, there's a. Everybody has to make a pit stop. Uh- during this 50-minute race. Any time between 20 and 30 minutes into the race, that 10-minute window to make the pit stops, and it's a mandatory uh, time spent on the pit lane, from pit in to pit out, Uh, and it's 99 seconds for the uh, single-driver cars and 102 seconds for the dual-driver cars. We'll get into that a little bit later on in this uh, broadcast.
0: And I think what's been special about the 2022 edition at least to date, and I think we'll continue to see this throughout the year, Jeremy, is the stacked field in Lamborghini Super Trofeo. We've seen record numbers of cars throughout this year. Another great turnout here this weekend. And with a new car coming, it's going to be even that much more entertaining as I look over those next five or six years. But let's talk about today first. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Take us through the grid and uh, tell us how the field will line up today and those classes that will be interspersed.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, a couple of non starters, Tom Tate and Alan Grossberg, both crashed in uh, practice or qualifying yesterday, so they will not be taking part in the races, unfortunately, today. So, 34th position is Claude Signoretti, who had some problems in the, the uh, qualifying session. Alongside him will be Todd Archer, making his debut in Canberra 18. Row 16 on the grid, Canberra 4 is Michael Manella, alongside uh, Chad, uh, Chad Bacon in Canberra 7. Row 15, Jake Walker making his debut in car 77, alongside Tom Kerr making his season first race of the season start in car 74. Row 14, Charlie Martin in car 54, alongside Fred Roberts in car 89. Row 13, Rodrigo Vallez uh, in car 34, alongside Martin Fuentes in Caliber 45. Row 12, Jordan, Jordan Mystic, local driver, uh, who's out of qualifying sync here in caliber 53, alongside him Ophir Levy in car number 30. Row 11 is Scott Schmidt in count number 38, alongside Eduardo Liberati in colour number 27. Jeff Courtney in colour number 66, alongside Ashley Freiberg making her return in colour number 42. 18th position, Randy Soler in colour three, alongside Tyler Hoffman in count number nine. Uh, row, row eight is David starb in count number 48, and John Hennessy in colour number 33. Ahead of them on the grid, Loris Spinelli, also out, also out of position in color number 88, he'll be fast, and Billy Johnson in colour number 71. Row six, Jordan O'Brien in count number 99, and the LB Cup pole sitter is at number 14, Slade Stewart. Row five of the grid: Richard Antonucci in car number 23, and Shyentendra Soma is the best of the AM qualifiers in car number 19. Row four: Joel Miller in car number 11, Ashton Harrison in car number 25. Row three is a Bryson Louis in car number 46, and Patrick Cuyala in car number 50. Row two is Sebastian Carrazo in car number 47, and the pole sitter in Pro AM that's Patrick Liddy in car number eight. The front row two Pro cars: Nelson Piquet Jr. in car number 30, and the championship leader for Wayne Taylor Racing in car number
0: one. The pole sitter from Costa Rica is Danny Formal and there's the problem with the large field it runs Jeremy Shaw out of oxygen as he (laughs) runs through the grid up the hill we come nice slow start Nelson Piquet Jr. in the red number 30 outside the number one the blue and black of Danny Formal and Formal and Kyle Marcelli have been the class of the field in the pro category all year long they also owned this event last year winning both races starting from the pole in both races can they do it again as a field of 34 sweeps through turn one.
1: Yeah, nice. uh clean start can i say that yes they've all made it through turn one but a massive field of cars this is so cool uh, and as we said there's uh, several cars kind of out of position here they didn't get their lap done in qualifying and so they've got to work their way through the field i'm thinking particularly uh loris spinelli who uh, set the fastest race up last year in every single race in caliber 88 he had some problems in qualifying but he's got to work his way through from the 14th position in that uh, italian livery car the red white and green car if you look at it on the the right hand side is green, look at on the red side, left hand side it's red.
0: Which makes it confusing when we try to call it as they sweep through <laughs> turn six. You see the car that we're talking about and then that beautiful gold of uh, Chandrasama just behind in the AM category leading in that cat in that class. And the ABS working big time, Jeremy, as they head into these tight corners. That's what Road America has. It has a little bit of everything. Turn one, very quick and sweeping. Turn three onto the back straight as we have a car around the 42 at the exit of turn eight. Oh. Another one of those corners, very slow. You've got to get the car in, get it turned, and get it out. And a problem for the 42.
1: Yeah, and that's Ashley Freiburg making her return to the series. What a great shame for her. She's fast and great to see her back in this series. But, yeah, she must have got turned around there, I think, by by somebody at that corner. She's going to have to restart at the back of the field. Hopefully, the car isn't damaged and she should get it refired again.
0: it be interesting to see if we can find out Ooh. what happened to Freiburg in turn eight. And, man, a little push and shove through yeah. Canada Corner. This is Lamborghini Super Trofeo at its best. <laughs> And I think that's the Uh, thing that's interesting too, Jeremy, the different classes, four different classes of competitors out there, but only one class of car, all of the cars exactly the same.
1: Yeah, very cool. And they're, they're seriously fast cars, these are, as well. 620 horsepower, doing about 170 miles an hour on the straightaways here. Uh, yeah, they're serious pieces of kit. That was Loris Spinelli, by the way, barging past Nash and Harrison down at Canada Corner. So Loris Spinelli already up into the seventh position in car number 88. But it is Danny Formal who still leads.
0: And what a great start by Patrick Liddy aboard The number eight. He has jumped up to second, taking that spot away from Nelson. PK there on the first lap, and drivers just have to kind of get settled down. Fifty minutes isn't a long time, but you know you're going to hand this car over to your teammate, so you've got to have a car to give them. And tire degradation, even in a 50-minute run, can be an issue here at Road America.
1: Yeah, true that uh, because uh, it is fairly. Uh, hard on tyres this racetrack, and uh, through 50 minutes here of flat-out racing, it's fairly warm here this morning. Uh, overcast sky, so the sun isn't beating down, so the track temperature is not as high as it has been this weekend so far. But uh, the tyres certainly do have a workout here, and the drivers are going to have to manage those a little bit during the race. But as you say, great start from that Pro-Am car of Patrick Liddy, who was actually fastest in the first session yesterday. Yellow flag is out. We've got
0: Four the course 13. Course yep. Uh-oh. 13 parked at the exit of the kink you've got to go get that car and no way to leave it there not in a safe spot so under full course caution and for drivers like Ashley Freiberg who had that problem at the start regardless of whose fault it is it's going to give her an opportunity to climb back up to the field let's see if we can figure out what happens to Ashley Freiberg up at the top of the screen just coming into view right there side by side with Patrick Liddy I believe and I think she just had to tighten her hands to stay out of the driver's door of Liddy. And the car just comes around. Slade Stewart, it was, uh, that pink car uh, that she was, as you say, just
1: had to tighten her line a little bit and uh, go on the throttle a little bit too hard. Uh, Certainly no, no, no. no foul there from Slade Stewart, no question about that. It was just Ashley, I think, just caught out on, on cold tires a little bit at um, that point. And Ophir Levy just pulling off the road at the exit of the King. That's the good news because generally if somebody goes off on the King, it's not good news because it's incredibly fast there. Uh, we've seen a couple of drivers there. Alan Gross- Grossberg had a big crash yesterday uh, in the in one of the sessions, and uh, his car very much worse to wear. Tom Tate, he crashed coming off the carousel, just uh, put a wheel off onto the dirt on the exit of that carousel. It's fabulously fast corner. Um, it's fabulous when you get it right, but when you don't, he just put a wheel off, spun the car around, heavy contact with the inside retaining wall at the exit of the carousel. That car un- not repaired for this race, but the frame has been taken to uh, P.D. Cunningham's real-time racing shop, which is not too far away from, from here from Road America, there's a chance they might have that number uh, 64 car for Tom Cain repaired for tomorrow.
0: And The 23 of Richard Antonucci on pit lane, and no tools present, but a laptop on the roof gives you an idea of just how complicated these cars are. The engine cover has come off crew looking down into that engine compartment, seeing if they can diagnose the problem, but they've got the laptop out as well, see if they can run a quick diagnostic check on the 23 and get Antonucci back out, partnering with Luke Berkeley this weekend, and that's a new pairing.
1: It is indeed. Yeah, Richard Antonucci started the season with Justin Price. Justin pulled out of the series and left, left Richard without a ride. But uh, for Luke Berkeley, a youngster just 18 years of age, a great opportunity for him to to pair up with one of the most experienced drivers and certainly the most successful driver, two-time champion, is Richard Antonucci. And he's got a, a huge amount of success in these cars over the years to drive alongside him. 21 wins for Antonucci in this championship, the all-time leader, most successful driver. So a good opportunity. But They've had all sorts of problems this weekend. Uh, that Dream Racing Motorsport team, they had a wheel fall off in, in one of the sessions for Luke Berkeley. They had some technical problems as well, and looks like another technical problem early in the race. So really, really disappointing for Luke
0: Berkeley and for Richard Antonucci. Well, we talk about the four championships and the problem for the 13 of, of Fear Levy there at the exit of the kink, having lost drive or power. That's a, has championship implications as well. Although Slade Stewart, has a pretty comfortable lead in the lb cup driver championship it's levy and hershberg in second that have been chasing him all year long they had the win at nola at new orleans in round number two and this is not going to help them in that championship hunt to try to chase down slade stewart
1: no it's not and uh yeah, they, uh, They've certainly got some work to do now. Slade Stewart had a, a really nice, clean run in that first couple of laps of qualifying and started you know, way up toward the front of the field. A really tremendous run by him. He started in the 11th position, uh, so he's fallen back a little bit on the start, but still has a pretty handy lead over Fred Roberts, who's moved up into second place, the Canadian driver, uh, and ahead of uh, Sh- Scott Schmidt, who scored his first LB Cup win last time out at Road America. He's running third in LB Cup at the moment, ahead of Charlie Martin. Uh, She generally, uh, well, she's been on the pole, I think, three times already this season in the LB Cup. But she's running fourth position in the class at the moment. That's that car number 54. But Patrick Diddy in second place in car number eight. Great start for him. He was fastest in the first practice session on Thursday afternoon. So uh, buoyed by that uh, was the young Californian. And he's... He was keeping the pressure on Danny Formal, wasn't he, in those early stages of the race and running ahead of Nelson Piquet Jr. Nelson Piquet Jr. Uh, has been here before. He actually won a cup race here, NASCAR Cup race several years ago. So he does have experience on this racetrack. uh, And uh, making full use of that to run in the third position for Anselm Motorsports in car number 30.
0: So cleaning up some fluid, so that gives us a little better insight as to what the problem was for Levy there at the exit. Of the kink, and certainly want to get that cleaned up because that's an area that is incredibly, incredibly high speed. Want to make sure that the racetrack is good to go. So we'll do at least one more lap behind the Lamborghini Urcon safety car. You were talking about experience, Jeremy, and Ashley Freiberg, the problem she had down in turn eight very talented driver but she's been out of a car for the last several yeah. years and certainly this iteration of the Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo Evo so you know perhaps just caught out a little bit probably not a lot of time to test or anything like that just gets in there tightens the hands comes off the throttle to stay out of the door of Slade Stewart and around the car goes but Got to keep that cool head. She's won in IMSA competition before, and she's got an, an opportunity to get back in it right here with this yellow.
1: Yes, she does, and uh, you know she's she's well originally from uh, just down in the Chicago area, so she would have regarded this as her home track when she started out in the sport well, a few years ago now. Uh, but uh, you know she's she's tremendously talented in Ashley, is Ashley, and it's great to see her uh, have an opportunity to get back into one of these cars, and uh, she'll be. Uh, Should be looking for a strong run this weekend to come back. You know, she's, she's had a, a best finish of a couple of third positions, including one right here at Road America uh, back in uh, 2017 when she made her debut in this championship.
0: Field behind the Lamborghini Huracan safety car. Full course caution here at Road America. A mechanical issue for Ophir Levy in his number 13 entry there at the exit of the kink and that brings out the full course caution. Brian Till, Jeremy Shaw with you expecting to get back to green very soon and we talk about the strategy here Jeremy and part of that has to be understanding the class that you're in. We were just talking about Ashley Freiberg. She'll have traffic in front of her that is not class specific meaning in another class and if you're one of these drivers that's mired back in the pack a little bit trying to move forward how cognizant do you have to be of the cars that you're fighting with as to which class they're actually in
1: yeah no that's a a very very good point because uh yeah, you're going for, for class points here and uh so you don't want to you don't want to be you know, too worried about who you're racing with on the racetrack if they're in a different class you know it doesn't really make any difference to your, uh, to your class position so you, you've got to be respectful of that and you know, as I say respectful as well of the fact you don't ruin their race uh, in the, the respective classes right now Patrick Liddy leads in Pro-Am he's running second place overall best of the Am contenders is Sian Chandrasoma running 11th in car number uh, 19 that is uh, for the uh, MCR uh, racing team He'll be driving this race solo. Ahead uh, of, behind him in the class classes, Jordan O'Brien in Car kind of Number 99. front an- Ansermos was he will be sharing that car with Patrick Odo Madsen. In LB Cup, as we talked about, Slade Stewart uh, leads that. He's running in the 16th position overall, a full eight places ahead of Fred Roberts in Car kind of Number 89.
0: Looking well, at the field there, that black and blue number one just behind the safety car. Talked about Danny Farmal and Kyle Marcelli. What a season they've had. I- I think back to last year and what a difference a year makes Jeremy if you remember back to last year they struggled a little bit they had speed at times and flashes of brilliance here or there but then Marcelli behind the wheel when they had a failure and a huge crash at Watkins Glen and a lot of people thought they were not only down but perhaps even out of the rest of the season they got a new car and seems like this new chassis that's been underneath them and I believe it's the same chassis they're still in today has just reignited a fire they came back from Watkins Glen the next race was here at Road America qualified on the pole in each of the two qualifying sessions won both races and were incredibly strong for the remainder of the season and they carried that strength into the 2022 season and I think that's what momentum in motorsport is all about. And if you think about momentum, Formal and Marcelli certainly have it.
1: They do, and do. that's one of the things about this sport. I mean, you you need to have a short-term memory. Uh, <laughs> quite well, frankly, I should be uh, great at the, it then. <laughs> well, quite. That's why you were, Brad. That's exactly the older, the older why you I were get, so The good. shorter my
0: memory gets.
1: There you go. Well, that's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, you, know, you you can't dwell on, on things when they go badly because um, you know, next race, clean slate, start again. Go for it. Forget what happened in the past. Just concentrate on the present. And you know that's very much something that the racing drivers have to learn in some cases to do not concentrate on what's what's in the past just focus forward Uh, when when you're actually driving a race car you know don't don't look in your mirrors all the time see what's going on behind you focus forward do your do your own job uh, and uh, run as fast as you can and that way if you do that no one's going to pass you
0: well I guess it's a lot like baseball my both of my sons played baseball and I would always say to them you have to understand baseball is a game of failure especially when it comes to hitting no one is over 50% successful standing at the plate. And in reality, if you're good, you're down there in the 30 to. range at the plate and it's just a matter of putting it all behind you like you said and I often say to young drivers if you make a mistake in the corner you can't be thinking about that corner because you have another one coming up so a lot of analogies to other sports and in life in general as you watch the field still behind the safety car what's so magic about Road America it's that it's America's national park of speed Jeremy I think it's 600 plus acres 640 acres or so around here this park like setting the fans like Love to see them down there and Turn 5, down and Turn 8, everywhere. The racetrack management has done such a great job of opening up more spectator areas, more camping areas. And what all of that means, Jeremy, is more concession stands, which Road America known for some of the best food of any racetrack in the country.
1: Yeah, and a lot of those food stores run by local charities here as well. Just so much history in this place then, but they've done a magnificent job, uh, particularly over the last decade or so, just improving all the facilities here. New bathrooms for the fans, new concession stands as well. Just constant improvements here at Road America. Uh, And over next winter, the track is going to be resurfaced as well for the first time in many, many, many years. So it's just constant redevelopment of this place, just making things better all the way around. There's, There's a new, safer barrier down at the, at the exit of the Kink which is a, a great safety feature uh, there's uh, a new br- a bridge there that new uh, uh, Speedville bridge down before the carousel now carries two lanes of traffic in, in uh, you know, one lane in each direction plus two pedestrian uh, uh, lanes as well it's just a fabulous uh, facility here and just gets better and better for the fans every time there is that Speedville bridge the new bridge that's built to be built over the winter and um, yeah, yeah, this is just a, a tremendous racetrack. I mean, it's such a challenge for the drivers. Speaking to drivers who've been, come here for the first time, I've to a bunch of them this weekend. To a man or, or woman, love this place. It's just a real old fashioned challenge.
0: I and mean, a lot of the European drivers liken it to some of their favorite European circuits. I know my broadcasting partner and our good friend calvin fish we were talking about this racetrack earlier and about the repaving that's coming in october you see some additional fluid being cleaned up there on the racetrack and this paving is going to make this racetrack even that much faster which is going to be interesting calvin also talking about the concession stands and the fact that there's a margarita stand down in turn one which is now his favorite addition as far as concessions go
1: yeah, there you go. I mean, they think of everybody here. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you yeah, know, there's the Elkhart Lake Lions party deck. Love it. I mean, you know, this is it's just a fabulous facility. It really is. And uh, the, the drivers talk about, you know, this being among the best track in the world. Many of them say it's the best track in the world. To a couple of the guys who are racing in the uh, in the WeatherTech Series race this weekend, Danny junker Daler. He was originally supposed to be racing this weekend in Europe. Uh, in the ADAC Masters Series, and he got an opportunity to come here at Road America, never been here before, jumped at it. And uh, I asked him yesterday, was that the right decision? He said, this is fantastic. This is my new favourite racetrack in the world. Uh, Fabio Shearer, another very talented youngster uh, from from Switzerland, he's making his debut here this weekend, loves the place. Uh, you know, to, to a person, this is one of the classic tracks in the whole world, no question about it.
0: Well, and I... Just saw something that I don't like to see, and that is more oil dry, speedy dry down on the racetrack. So the problem for Levy, and I can only assume that fluid is out of that stranded car that we saw down there. Obviously, well, the problem and, and started and or, in Turn 5. And or
1: the number 23 car, which came into the pits because... Uh, uh,
0: yeah, what, certainly.
1: You know, one of those is a lot of oil dry laid down, and there was some from the previous race as well yeah, down
0: at the kink. So, yeah, it's is a, a big clean up so, operation in hand at the moment. So, Jeremy, what is this going to do to our pit window, which should be opening shortly? Uh, mess it up, basically.
1: <laughs> uh, the pit window will be will be kind of delayed, so that will will um, generally it would open. Um, In in, As you say in two minutes time so at the end of the next lap it'll be it takes about uh, four minutes to get around here behind the safety car so uh, the pit window should have been opened uh, by the end of this lap but it it won't be it'll it it will not be open until probably after one lap of green flag racing uh, because we're going to be at least one more lap I think under yellow Uh, So it'll be at least one more lap after we go green that the window will be opened. And it'll probably be open instead of for 10 minutes, probably for maybe seven or eight minutes. So it'll be a much tighter window for for all of the cars to come onto the pit lane. And whether you're driving this race solo or with two drivers, everybody has to make that same mandatory pit stop.
0: Well, this is going to change the dynamic of the last 15 minutes or so of this race, I would think. Obviously, because the cars on track right now have only been at speed for a couple of laps. That means they don't have a lot of wear on the Pirelli tires that yeah. every one of these Lamborghinis is shot with. So the next driver in is going to have a very fresh set of tires. We were talking about tire degradation. That should not be an issue now. So they should be able to press very, very hard to the checkered flag once we get this race restarted. Oh, yes. And
1: uh, they're <laughs> going to love that, certainly. Uh, by the way, uh, we talked about Alan Grossberg and Tom Tate not being able to take the start. Uh, Claude Already they had brake problems with that car yesterday. Uh, they were trying to get some hardship laps this morning to try and get that car out on the track. Clearly haven't been able to do so. So number 51 car did not start. Nor did Tom Kerr in number 74. He was supposed to share that uh, number 74 car with... Uh, Uh, Danny Hardy making his debut in this championship this weekend. But that car has had some technical problems as well. So it did not take the start of this race.
0: Well, and looking at the oil dry that's down, my, my guess is that the leak, although substantial, and I say oil dry, it may have been radiator fluid. It may not be oil. But when that fluid that's down, obviously, Levy did not know that it was leaking because or and I am again I say Levy I don't think the 23 could have made it all the way back around to pit in running if if that's the kind of fluid leak that was behind it but what's interesting Jeremy is I don't see it here and this is the area where the car was stopped just a little bit right there that the field is coming through right now just a little further back and the bend but nothing like the fluid that we saw out of five up to the carousel and Perhaps there's not as much fluid down there because all of it was left back at turn five and into the entry of the Uh, carousel.
1: Yeah, that's probably true, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, by the time it got down there, there was none left. So yeah, we've just a notification here from race control. The pit window has been extended and uh, lights are still on on the safety car. So I don't think we're going to be going green even this time by, and we're now inside half an hour to go in this race.
0: I would hope this next time by we could get it going again, based upon the way we saw the racetrack. There was some oil dry there in just past turn 10, the kink a little bit in turn 13. General Mitchell Bend, it used to be the General Mitchell Bridge back in the day when I first started coming here, where the bridge went across the racetrack. And obviously some oil dry there from turn five through the exit of the carousel. And they'll get that blown off as much as they can and then see if we can't go back to green here very, very soon. But it just uh, kind of gives you an idea what a mess one car can make. And again, if there are no warning lights on the dash telling you that you've got this problem and the engine's still turning over and running, you don't know that you've got that issue. You're going to stay online and keep going. And the problem is where the fluid is, and that's pretty much online.
1: It is for a goodly portion of the lap, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, it's going to make things very, very uh, tricky for the drivers at the restart because that that oil dry that's been laid down is. Uh, going to produce clouds and clouds of smoke, yeah. as we've already seen there, from the from the safety truck going at reduced speed. So when the race cars go through there at, uh, you know, what, whatever speed it is. I mean, the average speed, by the way, but for the qualifying lap, the average speed for the qualifying lap was over 115 miles an hour. So this is a, a seriously fast racetrack. And uh, when the cars are going uh, through that oil dry at that speed, they kick up a lot of dust. And it's going to be visibility for those down toward the back of the field is going to be really sketchy.
0: Well, at least three places on this racetrack where these Lamborghini... American Super Trofeo Evos are well over 165 miles an hour. One of them coming down in the brake zone to turn five, the other one turn one, and then in Canada corner. So the thing that I find interesting, you and I were talking about this racetrack and the magic that it has, it literally has some of everything. You come off of one of the fastest straightaways, not necessarily the longest straightaway, but the run between three and five is downhill, which helps add to that terminal velocity. And then into one of the slowest corners, turn five, where you literally are down in the 50 mile an hour range to get through that corner, blast up the hill through turn six, to me, one of the more challenging corners on the racetrack, even though it's one of the slower ones because of the elevation change at the top. And then it's just, like I said, Jeremy, it's just got some of everything. It's such a joy to drive. And it's a racetrack that requires considerable, we'll say considerable commitment. Yeah, that's
1: right. Uh, yeah, the, the,
0: you can't afford a
1: moment's relaxation uh, around here, and total commitment. Particularly, you know, the carousel and the kink. You've got to get your, light, your line right going into those corners. If you're offline slightly, if you leave your turning point a little bit too late, you're going to be off the road and uh, having a serious, potentially a serious problem. So uh, you've really got to pay attention around here. When you've got all this oil dry out there, well, I don't think we can even going to go. Uh, wow. going to another lap probably, which is. Uh, really disappointing for the for the teams and drivers for sure they want to get this race underway but safety is of absolute paramount of importance because of those reasons we were just talking about brian uh, and so you know the the track officials are not going to let this race go green again until they deem it safe for the drivers to do so and you know it's it's this visibility that's called, that will cause the problems now with it or all that oil dry laid down and that is something that you you cannot take a chance with the
0: well, fans at the racetrack know just what the track looks like as far as the width goes. Perhaps on television, it's a little bit deceiving, but I can tell you from a race car, as you turn in for the kink, even with the addition of the motorcycle chicane to driver's left, which has opened up the sight line a little bit as you approach that corner, not necessarily through it, the racetrack is very, very narrow, and as you pointed out, down in the bottoms there where the kink is there's not a lot of wind either so that dust is going to hang in the air and it's going to be a problem for visibility. So looking back in the back Slate Stewart I'm not exactly sure he's waving. Is he waving at the camera? He's pointing? He was pointing at you Jeremy I think. I don't know but what is Slate (laughs) Stewart waving at? Yeah good question. Um, Hi to my family at home? Is that?
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's not that many spectators down there. Uh, the, there is that new access road that the, the track has put in over the last several years there for, for golf carts to be able to go uh, down along Kettle Bottoms there. And it's a fabulous view of the cars oh, yeah. up close there going at serious speed. I mean, tell you what, it's, it's not for the fate of art down there. Uh, so he may have somebody, you may have some, some, some friends and family down there watching perhaps Slade. Uh, he's a family man.
0: um, Well, his (laughs) daughter designed the (laughs) paint scheme on the car. Yeah. And he's waving again. He's
1: still waving.
0: Isolate. I think...
1: I think he's just he's saying, you know, is it is it time to come into the pits and park these cars? Probably
0: wrist, wrist, elbow, Possibly. elbow. I think he's got the parade wave going. That's it. There's the thumbs up he's waving to his friends yeah. and family at home. Well, Maybe he's uh, watching uh, the broadcast and
1: and all the track workers here. I Absolutely. Mean, you know, hats off to all of them who who uh, you put in so much time and effort into making these race po- races possible.
0: And there's some of the fans down along the back straightaway that walkway that was put in that you talked about you don't need Sturgis obviously you can bring well maybe not your Harley but your your scooter down that pathway down the back straightaway and I I know the first time that I came to that race to this racetrack if you wanted to be in that spot you'd better have some tick repellent some mosquito repellent and maybe a stick to deal with any wildlife that you found along the way because there was certainly no paved path that went back down there. You need to trek through the woods if you wanted to get to the kink back in the day. I think you need a machete too to work, to fight
1: your <laughs> way through all the undergrowth there, quite frankly. Uh, but yeah, again, that's one of the, just one of the, all oh, the lights are out now yeah. on the safety yep. car. That's, uh, that's great to see. So we will be going green this time around. There's only gonna be 20, well, it'd be, it'd be not much more than 20 minutes remaining in this race. And I think the pit window will be open one lap after we go green, yep. I would imagine. And then I think probably just a couple of laps uh, opportunity for those driver changes to be made. So the uh, second drivers at least get some racing time as well.
0: I would think so. You can probably pick up the pace on the safety car just a little bit to try to get the field back around as quickly as you can. Still under safe speeds, obviously. But get the field back around so you can get this race started. They'll throw the green, keep the pit lane closed, I would imagine. As you said, once the last car is past in, I would expect the pit window to then open, and at that point in time, you're going to see cars hit the pit lane very, very soon.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, and the pit window will open when all cars have passed start-finish line.
0: Absolutely. No one will get an advantage as far as that goes, so the feel now getting ready to go, and here's the thing for the drivers that have been in. They feel like, well, we haven't gotten to work very hard. We just took a ride through the countryside for the last... 30 minutes or so, and now they're going to hand it over to their partners who are going to be in like a heat race at the local go-kart track. It's only going to be probably 15 minutes long. They're going to have fresh tires because, again, these Pirellis have not been used very hard that are on the cars right now, and it's going to be a shootout to the checkered flag once these pit stops are made.
1: Well, it is, and uh, currently running second place in pro-am is Sebastian Carrazo. He generally shares that number 47 car with his fellow Puerto Rican Brian Ortiz. But Brian's not here this weekend. Uh, he's he's on baby watch. Uh, they're expecting a family uh, a family addition there uh, to the Ortiz family. So he's not here this weekend. So Sebastian Carrazo driving solo in car number 47,
0: and that keeps Carrazo in the championship. And we are back under green. The safety car is in. And now Danny all. it's almost like an outlap at the start of the race. These c- tires are cold. You're headed into uncharted territory. You know this oil dries down. You've seen it for the last several laps. And if you were smart, you were kind of testing the amount of grip that was there. But he's going to charge around this racetrack on cold Pirellis as fast as he can back into the pit lane and hand that car over to Marcelli. And look at this. Three wide down to turn three. Billy Johnson, I believe, was it not in the, or is that the 77? Couldn't quite get the number, and that was tight.
1: Yeah, it was tight. But a great jump there from Danny Formale. He was he was on the case there, coming out of turn 14, he was gone. Uh, and uh, pulling out a goodly uh, gap there. He's diving down the inside. I think that's Billy Johnson driving diving down the inside of Ashton Harrison at turn five. Chandra Chandrasoma looking down the inside of. Was that, was that Jordan O'Brien perhaps as well? There's all sorts of battling farther down the field, that's for sure.
0: And Billy Johnson on the brakes big time there at five, and obviously you have to be because it's a slow corner. And look at this move that Liddy tries to put on Danny from all around the outside of turn eight. It doesn't work, but Maul under serious pressure from Liddy, and what a drive Patrick Liddy has had since really about halfway through the first lap and a problem for Slate Stewart. Uh,
1: Oh, wow, that's the LB Cup leader then off the road at turn eight. He spun that car around. He's got a a problem with the right rear tire as well, which is uh, not attached to the rim, it looked like.
0: That's a long way to go to limp around this racetrack, about two miles back to the pit lane through some very, very high-speed cornering. Let's see what happens. Tire looks like it's down already as he gets into the corner. He's wide the rest of the field down to the inside, Jeremy, but great pickup on your part, that right rear with an issue.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that's weird. We've only had uh, one lap of green flag racing, and maybe he ran over a curb or something on the inside. Here we go. Wholesale pit stops there. Patrick, did he thought about staying out? I think that was uh, Loris Spinelli who did stay Absolutely. out in kind of 88. But all the other leaders ducking, well, most of them ducking onto pit lane.
0: Now, it's not going to be a race among crew members, per se, because there is a minimum time that you must spend on Pit Road, and I am i wonder about this, Jeremy. That's using the transition lane to get alongside somebody in front of you, and I don't know what the officials are going to say about that on the number 30. Liddy, to his marks. ball down at the far, far end of Pit Road. Marceli, I'm sure, waiting impatiently to get in that car, and there is the 30 who comes to a stop in his box and be interesting to see. I wouldn't expect a lot of tire pressure adjustments because they really haven't had a chance to get those tires up to temper and pressure yet as Slade Stewart limping around trying to get back to the pit lane with that right rear tire down. Yeah, that was Nelson PK Jr. that was using that transition lane, Jeremy, and to me I'm wondering how the officials are going to see that.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> just just say that. Just say. Yeah, so uh, fastest lap obviously uh, last time around for Laurie Spinelli because uh, that's the first proper flying lap of this race because the first lap uh, well that was, the first lap was sort of completed on the green but uh, that was for the rolling start but that was awfully tight coming into the pit lane there.
0: So everybody's got their finger on the button so to speak that pit lane speed limiter. And I believe the Liddy car got out in front of the number one. How do you do yeah. that if you're... Well,
1: yeah, that's true because uh, both of those two are changing drivers during this race. Uh, if you're running uh, solo in this race, you, your pit stop has to be three seconds longer than the drivers that are uh, that are sharing this race. There are two drivers for this race.
0: So Liddy handed uh, was- over to Damon Oakey, so it should have been a little bit shorter, Correct. but... Uh, Danny Formal handed over to Kyle Marcelli as well. Indeed. But the eight Indeed. definitely out in front of the number one. In fact, who is that car that's in between Oki as they head up the hill into turn six in Formal? It's the 50. It's Eduardo Piscopo. Here's the race off of Pitt Road. And there's the eight. Kyle Marcelli released. He's behind the 50. And so Marcelli comes in with the, or Flamal comes in with the lead and hands over to his teammate. And Marcelli ends up third in the order as they leave pit lane. Eduardo Piscopo now past the number eight. He's got his sights set on moving forward. And Marcelli now looking to the inside of Oki as they head into the key. Yeah, so. Uh. I think that's where Damon Oakey being really smart and just saying, hey, I'm not in that class, and we're leading right now in Pro-Am. I'm not getting mixed up, running side-by-side side with Kyle Marcelli into the kink. That's just not going to happen. For Eduardo Piscopo, that's a different story. He took that car over from Patrick Kayala and he wants to win not only overall but in the pro category and see if they can – knock off the winning streak that Marcelli and Formal have had. They've won the last three in a row.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's a big sideways moment. Was that Tom Long? That was the 90, yeah, number 99. 99. Yeah, 99,
0: yeah. Man, you you don't get that sideways in the kink usually without, well, without testing the walls. Jordan O'Brien very, very fortunate there with that lurid slide off of the kink, probably 15 degrees or so of slip angle in his Lamborghini as he exited that corner right out at track out, and i got to believe he was probably feeling like he was running out of road, tightened his hands a little bit, and if he breathed off the throttle, which is what you want to do because you don't want to go someplace bad in a hurry, well, it just pitches the weight to the the front of the car, and the car is going to get loose on you, and I think that's what O'Brien had there at the exit of the kink. No harm, no foul, but... He can now breathe again.
1: Yeah, we've got now the, uh, the pit stop window closing, so uh, those cars have not yet previously made a pit stop are doing so right now, Laurie Spinelli. Having set the fastest lap of the race at 2 minutes 7.8. He's into the pit lane, as are the cars behind him. Billy Johnson was about five seconds behind him in second position in car number 71. Third position, Tyler Hoffman leading the AM class because he's stayed out longer than the other guys. Jeff Courtney, second in AM, Caleb Bacon, third in AM. Then the LB Cup leader, Charlie Martin, comes in to hand over to Jason Keats in car number
0: 54. Now, John Capestro debets aboard the 46, the lime green, white, and black Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo Evo pressuring the number eight just in front of Damon Oki. And he's got Nelson Piquet Jr. in there as well. Nelson Piquet Jr. right up underneath the rear wing of the 46, looks to make it side-by-side side into 13. That's not happening. And I think Oki, the slowest of the three cars, but he's at the point and that's creating big problems for Capestro DiBets. Yeah,
1: and Cap- Capestro DiBets, and that is a battle for the Pro-Am lead, effectively. Capestro De is is... Uh a good bit younger than Damon, and he's uh, he's got uh, he's super fast in these cars. Riding his time a bit, he's not going to do any lunge that is, uh, you know, too bold. Let's say, but Nelson Piquet, he dropped behind both those two because, as a solo driver, his pit stop had to be mandated longer than those other two. That's why they've leapfrogged him uh, uh, after the pit stops.
0: Battle for lead in Pro-Am comes to turn three. JCD, as we call him, a little slide off of three, trying to get the run down to the break zone. And for Capestro DeBetz, he's been around motorsport for several years, but has really never had the opportunities that he's had this year. And he's taken them, Jeremy, and he has done great things with the opportunities offered. And here's an opportunity in turn five. And there's another great thing. He takes over the lead in Pro-Am.
1: Yeah, brilliant move there, just uh, bided his time, saw his opportunity down the inside, turn five, takes it, and now up into what will be when they, uh, not this time around, because they're they're still on their, well yeah, it will be the lead this time around, because the other guys have made their pit stops, but it'll be for the one, two, third position overall, because Eduardo Piscopo leads by a couple of seconds over Kyle Marcelli, and then this battle that is going on in their, in their wake.
0: Jordan O'Brien with another problem. So he's dodged a couple of issues, but back on track, head down, focus forward. We were talking about keeping mistakes behind you. He's got to think about that. He had that drama at the kink and I think he may have had a little bit of help. Was that Chandra Soma? I think so. In the 19 that perhaps got into the side of O'Brien. He gets it back underway, dodges that issue, I believe it was, that bright gold car. I couldn't tell if it was yellow or gold in the preceding shot, but as they exited turn 10 with the low camera angle, you could certainly see that it was the 19, just a few cars in front. So I think that is where the problem, oh, and a problem again for O'Brien at the exit of Canada Corner, and he is right there in the track outline where you don't want to be, gets it refired and underway, but. Wow. In the span of like a lap and a half, drama at least three times for the 99 of Jordan O'Brien. There's Chandra Soma with a big lurid slide. And I think this is how it happened up in turn six. O'Brien gets alongside of him. They make a little contact. Chandra Soma loses the mirror on the way into the corner. And as they come off, I think Chandra Somba just continues to drift up to the right and gets into the side of O'Brien. I'm not sure that Jordan O'Brien did anything wrong there.
1: No, I, I, I agree. I just, I mean, that, but that was a battle, I think, for the AM lead. Yep. So they're, they're both going for it. And uh, no, that's fair enough. I think for both of them, they were just battling hard going up into the up into that corner. But about- in the meantime, uh, G- uh, Tor- Gianna Torino having taken over from Laurie Spinelli, has come out with the lead and he's just ahead of Eduardo Piscopo uh, who is of course still at speed having
0: made his pit stop a couple of laps previously. How did that happen? Oh and now a problem slate. Stewart involved. The exit of the carousel. Can't see the other car number. It's the 18. There it is. Probably from the different yes. shot.
1: Yeah from 18. They, Tiger Tari, who's uh uh, just, uh, he was running at the back of the field. Slate Stewart, of course, had that problem earlier on, was trying to work his way back through there side by
0: side. And and, and from that camera angle, I can't tell whether Slate Stewart moves up or no. the 18 moves down, looking at the long shot. It already has happened as they come into the, the shot. But Slate Stewart was to the inside, and you wonder if he was even visible to the car that was there beside him.
1: Yeah, yeah, hard I mean, to say. It is a bit, I mean, yeah, you, you generally track out there at that point on the corner, but Tiger Tario, you know, he's new to these cars. Uh, Slate has got a lot more experience in these cars. He knows he's a lot faster than Tiger. Uh, and you're just trying to make that move there, but Tiger didn't want to give him any room, or did, as you or as you suggest, didn't even know he was there, which is which is conceivable too. So, a really unfortunate accident between those two, and uh, most likely going to bring out the caution again. Oops, there's another car. That's Jake. That's number seven car, which is AJ Must, AJ the boss. former snowboarder off the road and in the gravel at turn 14. Full course caution.
0: Oh, you hate to see that because it's going to take some time to get the field back around, the safety car out in front, but the wheels just falling off here, so to speak, in this last lap, incidents all around the racetrack. A.J. Moss in the seven gets a little loose under braking, drops the left side off, and then into the gravel. The gravel there for good reason. That's a reasonably high-speed entry there. Without the gravel, you'll make it to the tire wall, but that's going to strand Moss in the gravel, I think. No, he's going to get it going. They're going to have to clean up. Huh.
1: Oh. Using his uh, off-road skills, there he's a former snowboarder, of course. Is AJ Musk. He represented the U.S. in the Olympic team in Pyeongchang back in 2018? He's going to bring that car into the pits. That's a bit of a late decision. That might be a penalty as well, actually, for AJ. He's, he's coached by by Buddy Rice, former Indianapolis 500 winner, of course. And uh, AJ is driving also this weekend in the Michelin Pilot Challenge race in a Honda uh, in, in for the Brian Hurd Auto Sport team. So he's a busy boy this weekend, getting lots of experience, and certainly gaining with that experience is, experience is gaining in competitiveness as well, but just got a little bit too deep there into Turn 14.
0: Well, you think about the two different cars that he's driving this weekend, and they couldn't be more different. Front-wheel drive with the Michelin Pilot Challenge car, this 600-plus horsepower Lamborghini Super Trofeo Evo, here rear wheel drive massive aerodynamics huge brakes and you know aj not that experienced in motorsports to begin with obviously you got to have somewhat of an aggressive personality to be a snowboarder right jeremy and then you got a coach like buddy rice who certainly an incredibly quick race car driver back in the day i still see buddy around the racetrack at night don't feel like he's aged at all which is really kind of depressing to me but I mean he's got great coaching he's got great equipment underneath him and I think he's just getting to that point in his racing career where the speed is picking up the aggressive style is there but the two just really haven't necessarily meshed all together and come together smoothly and you you find those mistakes that are made now are made at speeds that get you into trouble a little bit as you are beginning your progressive progression up through the the ranks. The speed isn't there, so that the mistakes don't become as apparent. But as you get quicker and quicker and quicker, certainly the mistakes become much more visible because the speed that you're carrying is much higher.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. And but uh, he's certainly uh, he, he's gaining experience and and certainly gaining you know with knowledge as well. And uh, he's going to be you know, he's taking it very on. seriously. Is AJ? yeah get the brakes yes quite so here we are back uh, with the leads we're under yellow fool and this might well end up end up under caution um unfortunately but uh, that's great news for giano torino wow. that's for sure yeah. uh, because uh, he, he having made that pit stop the the uh, that strategy of keeping loris spinelli out there for those extra couple of laps before making that pit stop he was able to turn some really fast laps was loris spinelli and that. Uh, such that when the pit stops were made, Gianno was able to come out into the lead of this race and he's held it there. He's got Eduardo Piscopo, who's a former series champion on his tail throughout that lap before we went back to full course caution. So he's maintained that edge there. And is he potentially now looking at his first win? He had four wins in the AM class, uh, when he started out last season, did the 18-year-old, Richard from uh, Johannesburg in South Africa, based now in um, in Florida in West in Palm Beach Gardens, but he's a really talented young guy and uh, he's he's pretty quick too. He's done a good job oh, yeah. to stay ahead of Eduardo Piscopo and Carl Marcelli in that third position.
0: I mean, and think about that. Spinelli started 14th overall in the field, had that good drive like you talked about, and perhaps the defining moment as you said, was staying out. It was the second lap after the restart. Tires should have been really, really good. Throw in a qualifying lap. And Spinelli, one of the fastest drivers you'll find anywhere in the world in a Lamborghini. And this is how it all unfolded after the pit stop. There is Gianno Torino leaving the pit lane, and there is Eduardo Piscopo on the racetrack and Torino's got to get up to speed. He's just yeah. fresh in the car, and Piscopo has a lap under his belt. So hats off to Giano for a great run for keeping Piscopo, Piscopo behind him.
1: Yeah, brilliant job by, by Giano there. Really good because uh, 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 Eduardo Piscopo, Piscopo was on a charge there, no question. And uh, he would was looking to take advantage of the already hotter tires that he had having done a, uh, a couple of laps at speed as Giano came out of the pits but Giano did a really nice job to get his tires up to temperature quickly keep uh, Eduardo behind him and then the caution came out and that kind of potentially saved his bacon perhaps but uh, uh, but you know great job by him and with one, uh, one minute and 46 minutes remaining I f- fear we might go uh, checkered flag this time around at, at best it'll be uh, It'll be a a one-lap dash to to the finish line.
0: Well, and I think about Gianno Torino and Laura Spinelli, and it just shows what a team sport this is. If Spinelli had not been able to do his job on those laps after the restart, put in a couple of really good laps, gain a second or two, and that's really all it took, gain a second or two on the competition by throwing in a couple of qualifying laps, And that gave the team the space to do the pit stop, not rush it, not make a mistake, and get Torino out with a legal pit stop, but in front of the competition. Spinelli gave them that, and then Torino did his part by keeping Piscopo behind him and really focusing forward on that outlap, not giving in to the pressure that he knew was charging up from behind with Eduardo Piscopo. Oh, and... Series leader as well, Kyle Marcelli, in the one.
1: Yeah, g- great strategy by that uh, by that Torino Racing with D Motorsports team, and uh, great driving by both of those two. You know, super smart decision. I mean, as you say, they, they know Lawrence is fast, uh, and those extra two laps at, at, at speed when the other guys are already ducking into the pit lane was a really smart call because uh, he's able to take full advantage of that. It looks like he's uh, going to take the win. The time is ticking away here. Only 12 seconds to go on the clock. So uh, I think this is going to be uh, racing, finishing under yellow right now. And uh, yeah, a well-deserved win. Yeah, a bit of luck on their side for sure. But, you know, they haven't had much luck this season so far. So they did certainly deserve it. Giano uh, led uh, much of uh, one of the races, I think it was at Watkins Glen, uh, and then slipped back in the closing stages. Uh, of that race, but uh, this weekend it's going to work out in their favor. Time is out. actually led led in three different races this season as Giano, but uh, it's going to be the checkered flag this time. That's right.
0: Final lap. Time has expired, so the checkered flag will be out. Giano Torino, Laura Spinelli, they break the drought, take the victory for Torino his first win in the pro category alongside Laura Spinelli and they will celebrate the victory and it's the first time since New Orleans round one that the number one has not been up front but John Capestro debats aboard the 46 takes the win with Bryson Lou for pre- precision performance motorsports in Pro-Am and then looking back into the Am category Nico Rieger Another great run there for he and David Staub. They'll take another victory on the season. And in LB Cup, Keats in the 54, back a little further in the field, dodges the problems and takes the win there. Those are your four class winners.
1: Wow, and in the uh, the championship stakes uh, up front, uh, Danny Formal and Kyle Marcelli, they all maintain their lead. It'll be uh, cut by just one point uh, from 17 to 60, 93 to 77 unofficially. Eduardo Liberati will remain in third. Loris Spinelli and Gianno Torino will be a lot closer now in fourth position on 62 points. In, in Pro Am, I reckon just a one point lead now. Wow. Third position today for Tom Long and Ashton Harrison. that leave him with 83 points. Sebastian Carrazo with the second place uh, finish plus the pole position. Oh, no, he wasn't pole position in class, was he? Uh, so he'll have uh, 81 points, so two point uh, deficit. And John Capetano, de Dumets, and Bryson Lou on 77. So 83, 81, 77 for the top three in that class. That is super tight.
0: That is good stuff. Not good to see us in under the caution today, but we've got another shot at it tomorrow. Round 8 of the 2022 season from Road America will be coming at you. Speedville National Park of Speed workers doing their best to bring us some great racing. The drivers as well. And we'll join you again tomorrow. For Jeremy Shaw, I'm Brian Till. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back for more Lamborghini Super Trofeo, North America tomorrow from Road America. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check IMSAradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.